Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Briar Moss can curse in five different languages. We mostly curse in English. So if you're listening around English speakers, you may want to make sure they're okay with curses. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter eight of Street Magic. Yay. Have a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's rock. Chapter 8 begins with Briar telling Rosethorn just exactly what Jubahuba said. <laughs> and Evie calling him Jubahuba, which I feel will be his name from now on. Rosethorn's like, I'm going to take care of this. And Briar's like, Can I go with you? And she's like, No, you stay here and teach her. Because Briar, of course, wants to see it go down. But she's like, No, you stay and teach. Me so, too. I want to see it go down. Kind of like Costco. She's having trouble like sitting still and meditating. And so he's like, rocks are still. Think of a rock. And then she goes very still. And then he realizes that he's not sure if she's even breathing. And he goes over and touches her and she's cold. Shakes her. And nothing happens. And he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So he goes to get some like really nasty flavored herbaceous things some kind of smelling salts and waves them under her nose till she wakes up and he's like i said be like a rock not be a rock um then she starts again and then he makes her stop again and puts the drops on her eyes oh so she can see her own magic because she'd be glowing a lot yeah and he tells her that she needs to like be able to pull it inside of her. Yeah. Cut to Bitchy McBitch face. Yep. <laughs> Who is visiting with uh, Rose Fever Girl. Who is, if I remember, like, basically still, like, kind of puffy and fucked up from the roses. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's like, can't you tell that I can't, like, even breathe? And Bitchy McBitchface is like, you 
have failed me. Snaps fingers, kills another child. First tells her that she's just intoxicated and she should lay off the drugs. Oh, that's right. Because rich people think that poor people are always into drugs. I wrote that down. There's no no such thing as giant-ass flowers. You're making shit up. Similar to the last scene where she killed one of the vipers, this girl, like, gets to a point where she's just pissed off and she's like you don't know what the fuck is going on you're some rich rich bitch in your fancy stinking palace you don't know anything what our lives are like and then she kills her and then she kills her which we already knew she was gonna get murdered doesn't make it any easier but holy no, shit what a what a what an absolute goblin of a person like Ugh. I would like to quote one Wolfric Snaptrap. I use stronger words. <laughs> yes. But I think that is why Indy decided that she should now be named Bitchy McBitchface. Yeah. Indy Jones. Mm-hmm. Question. Who yes. is worse? Lady Zanadia or Anish Kapoor? <laughs> on a scale of on a scale of one to Anish Kapoor, where do you rank, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> you killed her. <laughs> For those who are listening, Indy is now red in the face and appears to be laughing and coughing simultaneously. Something like that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say roughly Christopher Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> so after she kills this girl, Lady Zanadia calls for Ikrum, who's kind of the Viper leader. His face is all beat up. He's gotten the shit beat out of him by the gate lords so she brings her healer feeds him and takes care of him and shit she's only doing that to manipulate him more I'm sure and then she says Orlana is dead she failed me twice she let the Eknubpahan send her scurrying there are only two courses for us Ikrum victory or death crush our foes give me victories so yeah that's pleasant more uh-huh. fighting between children yay just because she's fucking bored well you know with squid games is popular right now so i feel like if you like that read street magic can't be that much different can they i would <laughs> not know Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talked about what we liked and disliked about this chapter. I'm going to take a wild guess that Brittany did not like the murder and the killing. Yeah, not so much. Not, not, not so much. Yeah. Just when you think you can't hate a character more, she does the thing that made you hate her again, and it's just like right? even worse. Like, 
This is probably the worst villain so far. Like, last book, they were pretty bad, but you could still feel for them a little bit. Like, there was some... Like a hint of of why they would go this far, you know? They they were... You could feel, like, subhuman compassion for them. Like, okay, yeah, this is a really shitty situation for you. I can kind of understand why you're doing this. This bitch... No, she's just killing to be killing because she's bored. Yeah. And it's oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, that's that's very much how I feel. You can you can sympathize with the characters yeah. in the last book. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't uh even if even even if you disapprove of their actions, you can still like say, well like on some level i sympathize because what's happened to your family isn't good either but yeah and they were really shitty they deserved what they got in the end and this person is even fucking worse oh my god so does that mean the very next book like they're just there's what's the next step can it get worse is the question christ she's like actual like like almost comedic level pure evil at this point like it's it's almost like a fucking joke frankly it's literally because she's fucking bored i i i don't see how she could ever be redeemed and i hope like rose thorn actually throws her into a well or something i don't know she might poison the well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes that, that is yep but yeah it's mm, yeah i don't see any way she could be redeemed like at all no no i think that's the big thing that that we've all been kind of trying to get at is this is the first time we've seen a villain that has absolutely no redeeming qualities the murderers in the last book like by the time you reach the end probably can't be redeemed but when we first meet them, at the very least, they have redeeming qualities. She doesn't. No. No. Just a terrible human being. She really is. Let's talk about what we liked now. Yeah. I have a lot, but I will keep it short so I don't steal them all. Oh, uh, that's um, fine. We usually steal yours, so go for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Big, big dislike right now, just ladies and audience. We just talked about it. Like, what a, what a fucking miserable bitch. What the fuck? I don't see how this... Yeah, I can't wait to see her get her just desserts. I wonder if she killed her husbands. I mean, mm. that is... That guy worked drama. for her first husband, apparently. And now he works for her. So that's first husband. She's been married more than once. And if she gets bored that easily where she's having kids on the streets killing each other, wouldn't you kill your husband first? I mean, that makes sense because we know we know that she is not currently married. If she had a first husband, that means that she's had it that she's had multiple. So yeah, that would make sense. She may have killed them. And like what, what is mean, she even doing for money? Like clearly she's fucking loaded, but like what does she do? Does she work? She probably doesn't have to, right? She's yeah, because I believe she's nobility. So she's old money. So she could um, just be killing husbands for money reasons. And, uh, that's also possible. Uh I, I'm just gonna say I'm really glad this lady does not have children of her own. 
it makes me appreciate Brittany a lot Thanks. because Brittany is a mom and I know that she is raising her children well with like warmth and compassion. That's why I'm having a second kid so I can have them fight to the death once the second one gets older. Oh, no, that does make sense. Of course. Gla- for gladiatorial <laughs> Yes, because man, I'm getting bored. I mean, I love my daughter, but she's getting boring. She's getting older. Had to have the second one. So she could get older, and then they're just gonna fight it out. You want to take that back, Molly? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> oh, jeez. So yeah, just uh, fucking terrible, and I hate her. And good job, Tamara Pierce, for making such an unlikable character. Yeah. But I actually got mad reading this. Moving on, uh, I liked uh, Rose Thorn's angry eyebrows when uh, she hears <laughs> about. Uh, stone slicer being like, ah, I ain't gonna teach that kid. Please get the fuck out of here. Here's some money. Like you said earlier, Brittany, I'm excited to see what Rose Thorn has to say about that. I don't know. I really hope we get to see it. I want to see it. Evie helping Rose Thorn with the corn harvest without complaining because you need to be a strong willed person to complain and not do something Rose Thorn asks you to do. Yep, you have to be real, uh, real stupid. Uh, I also liked how Rose Thorn shuts down all of Briar's arguments instantly when he's trying to make excuses for like teaching Evie how to meditate. You know, she kept it real simple. It's like, well, you got to teach her to meditate, or well, you got to teach her to meditate and do it right, or uh, it'll mess up her beans and his little plants that he's looking to sell. So, like, she gives him a real good excuse to just be like, hey help her do the thing and do it right or else it's going to be bad for both of us and it won't be fun so just do it you know why why even try to argue with a 14 year old just tell them just give them two good reasons why and they'll they'll do it uh, you're failing my class that's why you should do it sorry <laughs> can you good, tell no. that grade can you tell that grades are about to go out <laughs> yeah I went on a fucking you know when I see something cool in this book I have to fucking go down a rabbit hole on it um, nice. The use of asafetida, which is a little stick that he uses to wake Evie up. He uses it sort of like how we use smelling salts, you know, to wake someone who's like either knocked out or unconscious or something. It just something that smells so bad. It interrupts the way that you breathe. And that kind of gets you out of whatever like unconscious or state you were in, which is kind of neat. Um, but asafetida is used in Indian cooking to give flavor to their food. It's used as a spice, which is really, really neat. And apparently it smells like boiled eggs before you like prepare it. And if you don't like seal the container up right or put it in something airtight, it will literally like stink up your like pantry. And the smell does not go away. So it is like a pr- pretty strong smelling ingredient. So it makes sense how Briar used it. I did not know that that's how smelling salts work. It's that's really interesting. Ammonia and your your lungs it like irritates your your airway and it's like it just interrupts the way you breathe. So cool. That usually knocks you out of it. Usually, not always, but usually. If if it's bad, it won't help. Yeah. <laughs> or if you just get knocked out, it might help, or you faint. <laughs> the last one I'll say is uh, when Briar starts starts to sound like Rose Thorn uh, when he's talking to. Uh, Evie, sometime I'll ask you what you want, but this is not that time. Right, right. 
Rose Thorne says that in Daja's book. And so I just love that he says it in this one. And he's like, oh, next up, I'm telling her I'm going to hang her up in the well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. she's rubbing off on I mean obviously it's been happening for a while but you know he's, uh, sounds like he might be the same type of teacher as Rose Thorne because that's just what he grew up with uh-huh, uh-huh. well they also have very similar personalities anyway mm-hmm. they even have the same name yep I mean yeah Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it was at the very end of our excerpt last week I love the nickname Chuba Hula I also love the, if she bit him, he'd die, which just brings back to the (laughs) first book when, uh, Mm -hmm. what if she bites me? Also, in the first book, they talk about, Lark says Rose Thorne's bark is worse than her bite, and they they say her bite is poisonous. poisonous. Yeah. So, yeah, I I love the callbacks. Uh, Pierce does a great job of that. Yeah. Something um, I aspire to do as an author. I don't know why I love it so much. Just the, and while you breathe that like that, you empty your mind of all thoughts. Just empty. I'm like, God, I wish I could live in a state of that sometimes. <laughs> no thoughts, head empty. Your insults just roll right off me. My brain is so smooth. Nothing, yeah, you, say, exactly. nothing you say affects me. No wrinkles. No wrinkles. I'm a koala. I do also like the... Uh, I don't have a broom for between my ears. Uh-huh. God, I wish that were me. There's a there's a scene at uh, the end of one of the episodes of Twin Peaks. Now, I've never seen Twin Peaks. I've never watched the whole thing through. I was asleep on the couch, and I woke up to, like, the ending theme. And then for, like, four minutes afterwards, one of the characters is just sweeping the bar. Like, it, it just shows him sweeping. That's it. And I'm like, God, I wish that were me. Just sweep everything in the brain. Make it go away. Goodwin took the uh, sounding like Rose Thorn. Mm-hmm. Yep. We kind of talked about the uh, Bidgey McBitch face and her uh, your tale is simply an excuse for drug, drug intoxication. Why is it that rich people are just like, oh, you're poor, therefore you're on drugs? Yeah. This is obviously the case with the rich people in this book. This is the second chapter we've seen this. But I feel like that's not inaccurate to real life. No. The the reason people are poor is because they do drugs and they blow all their money on stupid shit. And they don't want to work. Forgot about that one. They also don't want to work. It's totally totally the reason. Well, you see, poor people actually have a... uh, Rich people are successful, so they're also morally superior to poor people because they're better that's yeah that's just how it is every rich person is a great person all the poor people are just terrible yeah if, if they were if they weren't good people would they be rich it's not like they get there with the blood sweat tears and hard labor of someone else but they but they put in capital indy come on <laughs> that's what fucking broke me it's <laughs> really hard all they had to do was, was put for a small loan of a million dollars <laughs> it was hard work Yep. Why, like, anytime someone talks about, oh, Jeffrey Bezos drew himself up by his bootstraps, A, that's an incorrect usage of that saying, you stupid idiot. And second, he still had to ask for a loan from his parents, who, well, he didn't ask. They gave him the money for it. They had to bail him out 
twice. So well, he, like, they're morally superior, so he's he's allowed to take money, you know. It's... But he is not an astronaut. He's going to invest it wisely instead of buying a bunch of drugs and just spend it on stupid shit, okay? He's still not an astronaut. Thank God for that. <laughs> Thank you, NASA. Anyways, you, let's NASA. continue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just... Uh, that that is one of those things that I just get so frustrated about is that everybody assumes that people who are extremely poor or even homeless are automatically like drunkards or drug users or something that's their fault. It's not always the case. Yeah, people. Um, that will probably reference this one later because. No, really. But the uh, if you keep killing them, lady, you won't have a gang left. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He definitely is. But her response of, they will stop offending me and I will no longer have to punish them. Bad. Mm. That is a whole ass sentence that left this woman's mouth. A whole sentence. Um, and this one I definitely will touch on later. There are only two courses for us, victory and death. I will not live halfway in this world. I love the way it's stated. I don't love the context of it. I dislike the context, but love the phrasing of it. So It's, it, it's very well written, yeah. It is very... Just a proof that, like, you can write a good character who is a terrible person like because there there is no redeeming qualities and if that's a fucking raw ass like like that is such a good solid quote um that kind of brings back the good solid villain monologues you can you can dislike a character they can be a terrible terrible human being but you cannot tell me that you don't get just a little bit of like mm, from like a good villain monologue. Like it just hits a little different. When Briar goes, maybe Evie's head was stone. That was how she could resist his teacher's empathetic personality. I was like, <laughs> he is a lot the same way though, because he would do that when he first started learning with her as well so i don't think it has anything to do with being a stone mage and then when briar is talking to evie later and he tells her i thought you were afraid of me i thought you were afraid of everybody and she tells him you're all right you could have done all kinds of bad things to me by now and you haven't it's like oh that's so sweet like she hasn't had anybody in her life treat her with just an ounce of respect or decency and he's done so much for her already she was afraid at first but it seems like she's very comfortable with both him and briar now rose thorn now which is very sweet and then it's kind of amazing that she gets comfortable with rose thorn that quickly i know well i mean if briar's okay with her then i guess she's like okay Briar's cool so if he's cool with her then I guess she's cool too I I think her knowing that he is from the streets she is so quick to be like she's my mom basically she's she's what saved me her is what probably is like okay yeah she's all right even if she is kind of thorny 
You're clever for a girl. Daja would have cuffed him. Sammy would have tugged his ear or his nose. Tris would have ignored him. Evie stuck her tongue out. Briar grinned. Not that I've much against girls in the common way. Now let's try that breathing. <laughs> like, he knows better than to actually mean something like that because he knows that he would get beat up severely. I love that, like, it's kind of a teasing thing. Yeah. And that he's still trying to learn Evie. So there's, uh, kind of trying to figure out where her lines lie can't even imagine what would happen if rose thorn heard him say that Ooh. like it's well time i don't think he would be that stupid to say something like that in front of Rose no. Thorn. no i think at this point rose thorn would probably know that he was joking yeah i was going to say watch she just comes in next chapter and just smacks him upside the back of the head what was that for making fun of girls i i know it the plants the plants heard it the, the plants, plants told on it. him <laughs> <laughs> i love evie's chattering and rose thorn's just like aren't stones quiet but i'm not a stone i'm a stone mage yes. which i think is all the more reason that all, all the more evidence that evie gets comfortable with rose thorn very quickly oh man if rose thorn would have been around posco i think he's worse than evie she would have lost her mind <laughs> right he would have i think of all kids if she were to actually hang one of them up in the well it would definitely be posco yeah well right. well we talked about um you know it takes a stern spirit to defy rose thorn evie's like not gonna go there i feel like posco might be too thick-headed to figure that out uh-huh uh-huh. You want to talk about head empty, no thoughts? Bosco's <laughs> your man. Bosco's <laughs> your man. <laughs> That's how he hears the music so well. There's no brain in the way. It, it kind of resonates. It's like a yes. Uh, the the acoustics are really good in there. We'll just <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the stuff I have to talk about is. is in connection with Lady Zanadia. I feel, again, we've talked about this before, but I feel again here that Pierce does a good job of writing this scene in a way that is violent without being gratuitous. So it's not, let me give you all of the blood and gore. But again, there is, there is nothing redeemable about this lady. No. And because of that, I hope that I never, ever utter the words, I do not accept failure or victory or death. Because I don't want, I like, that is how much I don't want to be like this lady. And my final thought is, Ikrum gets beat up by the gate lords. And I don't remember exactly what he says as to why, but it's like, oh, they heard that such and such was happening. Like, maybe he'd been getting together with the sister again, and they found out. And I have to wonder, and this is the part where Indy might get to raise her eyebrows, because I've read this book before, but I am rereading along with us so i've only read up through chapter nine and i think indy's read the end more recently than i have so i don't know if the i don't remember if the end actually says anything about this but i have to wonder if lady zanadia had anything to do with this because i could very much see her finding a way to tip off the gate lords in order for him to get the shit beat out of him so that she could further this plan and be like oh see they beat you up. You need to go after the gate lords. This is this is slightly in reference to um, that whole scene 
Um, Bikram goes and they they'll basically catch him with the the sister. Yeah, that is why he gets his ass beat. But if you <clears> look at Lady Zanadia, she's like, oh, it's because they heard that we were recruiting, and they're just really intimidated by our power. She just kind of like goes, oh, your problem's not a big thing. Don't worry about it. Um, the real reason that they did all of this was because of this. But that's another tactic that rich people use to keep the middle class against the poor and like the poor against the homeless. Like but they, they just use that, oh well, this is actually why they're mad. Not not this other thing. They're not actually mad about like income and quality. They're mad because like you have a nice house. Go kill them. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we talked about a theme or a message that we found in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Patience. <laughs> Briar has a little bit of patience. Not much, but he has a little bit of patience. He's Zadia attempting to learn patience. None. Zero. Or, well, okay, so that's actually a lie. So you have to have a lot of patience and a lot of planning in order to pull something like this off. Zero patience with failure, but all of the patience to just do evil shit. But no patience with people. No patience with people. Just, oh, I crooked my nose. Um, No patience with people, but plenty of patience to watch as everything unfolds. I think the lack of patience with people is really what I hit on. I wrote like something about obedience um, because we have Rose Thorn who's like, "Mm, well, I'm going to go tell him what's what, which is kind of the same thing that Lady Zanadia does. Only Rose Thorn's not actually going to kill the guy. I don't know. She bites him. It happens. She kills the guy, then he can't teach Evie. That being said, I think we all know where this is going, teacher-wise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Goodwin? I actually had a tough time with uh, this theme because I didn't feel like there was anything really connecting everything. But I guess yeah. what I pulled out was just learning by doing kind of you know briar having to uh uh even though he didn't feel ready uh, the best way you know if we've talked before the best way to learn something is to do it yourself so he's about to learn how to teach by teaching Evie the basics of uh meditating so that's fine just learning by doing i didn't find a theme i had a hard time with it as well so i don't have Mm. one hey that's okay it just felt a little disconnected i guess the two parts yeah in a sense this is i feel like this chapter is kind of covering okay this is a bunch of stuff that we need to know happens however i do want to say i did like the writing for the entire beginning of this chapter like with evie and rosethorn and briar just talking and chatting like it was tight, condensed, and well-written, and funny. It felt really, it, it was really, really nice. So part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I had a tough time with this one too, TBH. I, I, I was just like, don't don't make children beat each other up in street gangs <laughs> i mean like that's legit yeah though like i i really have to keep that one in mind because i know if i just one day slip up i'll end up having to pay children to beat other children up it's just the thing yeah. that happens you know Harry well, smelling salt telling you and- that's why you have kids of your own so you don't have to pay them you just make them fight themselves See, and it's free. That's big brain. Yeah, that's that's a wrinkle brain move right there. (laughs) My magic was from 
I don't accept failure. I would be the opposite of that. That's how we learn. We learn from our failures. I, I don't want a whole victory or death because I would have died multiple times within my life. All I wanted was victory. I have failed a bunch, a whole, whole bunch. Reminder, it's not always good to just want victory. Failures are good too. You learn from them. The, there's a big thing in education right now about growth mindset. And I feel like that was a perfect example of explaining growth mindset versus fixed mindset. That's Lady Zanadia's problem. She has a fixed mindset. She will, she will only accept victory. She will not accept failure. Whereas Friar has a growth mindset. And even though he doesn't think that he's good, good at this, he's going to continue to try. And when he messes up, he's going to keep trying instead of killing Evie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like uh, she tried to turn herself into a stone. She obviously failed. So uh, she deserves death, I guess. He could have just let her turn into a stone. He could have. Probably he wouldn't have to teach anymore. Can't teach a rock. Would she have legit have turned into a rock? I think so, right? I like, think she would have. She was channeling a rock that hard. Like it actually reminds me of the scene in Briar's book where he's uh channeling like the, the mother tree mm-hmm. and oh, the king tree yeah. to improve the medicines. And there's a part where he's like, you know, maybe I could just be a tree. Mm-hmm. And it's it kind of hints that he almost risks just literally turning into a tree. So she's becoming the mother of rock. I think it's kind of like instead of you having control over your magic, you're letting your magic control you. And thus you become whatever it is you have mm-hmm. magic with. Because if you channel it and you don't actually control it, it'll, yeah, like you said, it'll just end up controlling you. So if that's yeah. the case, what would Sandry become? Thread? She would, she might turn into thread. I could also see her turning into like pure magic, right? Just, mm, yeah. Or just light. I kind of latched on to just this whole scene with Evie and Briar probably because I am a teacher. I really liked the line that Brittany pointed out earlier where Evie's like, you could have done a lot of terrible things to me by now, but you haven't. I think I can probably trust you. You seem like a decent person. I feel like this is a really good lesson for teachers in general, especially teachers who have ESL kids or kindergarten kids, like kids who are otherwise new and very nervous and scared because, or kids who come from bad homes or all sorts of different scenarios. Because there, there are a lot of students who are scared. Some of them have had people do pretty terrible things or, or have or their families have been through terrible things. And some of them are just scared because it's a brand new situation. And so we have to kind of show them, you know, I'm not going to do anything terrible to you. And I was thinking recently, my kids, a lot of my students seem to take to me pretty quickly. I got these two new kids a few weeks ago. And after like two or three days, they knew my name. I don't think they can name any of their other teachers, but they knew my name and they would like greet me in the hallway and be like, oh, hi, Miss Molly. And I'm like, I don't know what I do to like, I'm like, I don't know why people, why my students will take to me after I've known them for like a couple of hours, really. And maybe that's all it is, is I just find a way to prove to them that I'm not going to do anything bad to them. I also like the way that Briar and Evie banter. And I feel like that's something that teachers need to do. It's like, I feel like a lot of teachers put like an emphasis on separating themselves from the students to like kind of keep that power dynamic in play of like, you know, that's true. I, I'm your teacher, like you have to respect me because 
if you don't, nothing will get done in this classroom because that's just how kids are. But uh, I hated teachers like that. Like just, if you're able to relate to your students, I think that's really helpful. In my opinion, I think it was like really helpful for me to get along with my teachers was like if they like respected who I was and could relate to me in, in any way at all, even just like in the way you like speak to, to, to the students, I think is like huge. Yeah, so, yeah my, my favorite teachers were the ones that were like, hey, good one. You need to do this thing because you needed to graduate. Just straight up talking to you like a person instead of as a student. And and the ones that would just like let me do what I needed to do to get through to the class and like not bother them. We kind of talked about this before we started recording, but like yeah. when I had to retake um, freshman, English. One, freshman English to graduate my senior year. It's like I had a pretty frank discussion with the teacher. I'm like, hey, I'm taking this because I failed the class, but clearly I know what I'm doing if I passed all the ones after it, but I'm not going to be an annoyance in the class. I'm not going to be like crazy or anything just because I know what to do when I've done it already. Just like, let me finish my homework. I'll turn it in probably early and just like, let me nap through class, please. I promise I won't be a nuisance. Just don't hassle me about like not doing stuff in class because I will get my work done. She was like, you know what? Okay, go over in this corner, be there, don't make a ruckus, and get your stuff done, and it will be cool. And that was, it was great. I got my stuff done, and she didn't have a senior that already knew all this shit, just being a fucking nuisance in class, just like throwing shit or being annoying or distracting the other students. I was just like, low-key, keep it quiet, not going to distract anyone. Got my shit done, and that was it. Mine is kind of actually tied in with Brittany's. My mother... Like my biological mother, there's a reason why we don't get along, but I do say that she tried. She tried the best she could with what she had and me, because <laughs> I was not a good kid. There's a reason I don't know how to ride a bike, and that's because I couldn't do it the right the first three times. So my mother said, I'm not going to bother teaching you anymore. You don't know how to do it. You don't understand how to do it. So I'm not going to do it anymore. I still at 30, cannot ride a bike. Um, This is also one of the reasons why I have such a fear of failure is because when you get told that, oh, if you don't do it right the first time, then hold on, hold on. To, to To quote this woman exactly, I came in second place in a tri state writing competition where I was approximately six to eight months younger than everybody else. I came in second place. My school was super excited. Like they wrote about me in the high school paper. They wrote me about in the actual like newspaper for the town. Like it was super exciting. I was, I am an excited little fifth grader. And she looked me dead in my face and said, second place is just the first loser. So basically what you're saying is that she is like the Talladega Knights dad. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, basically. But the, like that that is a real life story that happened to me. My mother looked at me in my face. And I mean, there wasn't that uh I don't think there was that many people in the actual competition. But still. like still at, at fifth grade, you winning second place in a tri-state turn not not just a statewide tournament, but it was Missouri, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just the first loser though. That's not true. So, I'm actually having to rework my brain now as a 30 year old adult because when you don't accept failure 
person in which you are teaching and helping grow doesn't use those opportunities as a growing moment. They look at them and they say, this is a failure. I have to be better. I have to be best. And anything less than best doesn't need to be shown. Uh This is why I don't have a lot of hobbies (laughs) besides writing. Um, If you ever see me doing that to my own children, please hit me, okay? Like I said, this is why I appreciate Brittany. Because she is already teaching her kids growth mindset. It's okay (laughs) to make mistakes. That is how you learn. Failure is not something to be scared of. You're not going to learn if you're constantly scared of (laughs) failing, but you're also not going to do anything if you're constantly scared of failing. Not only will you stagnate as an artist or as a human English being speaker. as a whole, yeah, you, you not only will you stagnate as whatever you are trying to do, you will stagnate as a human being because you will never try something new. I am super adventurous with my food and my music, but as far as hobbies go, I have like three things I like to do and that's it because I know I'm good at them. This is one of the reasons why my D&D group has basically bullied me into doing this art walk with them. I can't draw. I don't draw. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. And they're basically like, well, guess what? Fucker, none of us are either. So you're going to do it with us. We're going to yell at you. Amen. If you live with a fear of failure, you will never ever get better because if you do fail you have the opportunity to go to someone and say hey how do I make this better how do I improve this but I know like as a writer I don't really like to share what I write because if it's not polished and the best it can possibly fucking be then it's not good and not true I I know I know as a human being (laughs) that if I don't go hey Brittany read this, tell me what's wrong with it. It's not going to get better to be polished and perfected. So like, I talked a lot about me in that one, but there, there is a message there. Do not be scared of failure. Failure well, it helps is your you own grow. personal magic. So it's okay yeah. to be personal about it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, now that said, I am one of those people that I'm trying to slightly rewrite my brain, but not entirely on this because I need to recognize that failure is going to happen, but don't let failure defeat you either. So there's there's two sides of this coin. You can fail, but you will get better, and that will make you the best. Just, just because you fail doesn't mean you need to stop. It means you need to get better in order to be the best. Do not accept failure as the end. That's the one that I need to remember because I let myself fail, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Apparently, I'm not supposed to do that. If you love something, if you want something, if you, hell, if you just like something, don't let fucking failure scare you at all. Just keep doing it because you won't get better if you don't keep on. This is my favorite part of this episode. At the end of our episodes, we'd like to read an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter nine of Street Magic. I feel old, Briar mumbled as the first rays of light hit the shelves of miniature trees behind him. They chorused a welcome to the sun, their leaves eager for even tidbits of light. Only his own tree, a pine in the shape called Shakan, did not call. Briar had positioned it so the sun would touch it first. 
It was his companion and friend, a 150-year-old work of art, every bit of it filled to near bursting with magic. It was not for sale. Others were. Five he had started from trees found in and around Shamur. Like Rosethorn, building supplies of seed for the local farmers, Briar had used his power to bring these trees to perfect miniature form, careful not to weaken them as magic filled their veins. Another six were miniatures he'd brought on the way, shaping them to the point where he had, where they could be sold for ten times what he had paid. Others he had brought from home. So, some he wouldn't sell unless the offered price was very good. They were samples of his expertise in the varied classical forms of miniature tree and insurance against a need for money further down the road. Once he finished his tea, he rearranged his charges on the shelves to take advantage of the life. He was trying to ignore a nagging voice in his mind, one that sounded like Sandry, his foster sister. The voice tugged at his thought constantly, asking a question he didn't want asked or answered. What good will a resentful teacher do her? Or worse, what if he waits for you and Rosethorn to leave, then treats her badly? I stank as her teacher yesterday, he argued. A teacher who knows little about stone magic and less about teaching is just bad. The ghost Sandry ignored him. He knew what that meant. She thought he was dead wrong. Just like a noble, he told her when she got too insistent, as the real Sandry did so often. Always worrying about future things when right now is hard enough. I still say they're rock killers. He'd been so deep in thought that he hadn't seen Evie arrive. Briar jumped and glared at her. Don't sneak up on me and don't call them rock killers, he told the girl. They have to live, same as your precious rocks. My rocks don't break up your plants, she retorted, laughter in her eyes. It's the other way around. She was clean for the third day in a row and dressed in clean clothes. Now she let herself into the stall and perched on the tall stool. You got anything to eat? He sighed. Reaching into his satchel, he found a dumpling he'd brought as a snack for later. Didn't you stop at the house and beg something off Rosethorn? He asked, passing her the dumpling in clean cloth. You're wearing your new clothes. I stopped and changed. Evie tucked the cloth into the neck. Evie tucked the cloth into the neck of her orange tunic. You never have to tell her to do a thing twice, Briar thought, watching her settle the napkin. Maybe I did push too hard yesterday. So, didn't she feed you? Evie pinched off some dumpling and stuck it into her mouth. Chewing vigorously, she said, she had a pair of shears in her hand when I asked. She said if I bothered her today, she'd snip my nose off, so I should pester you for something to eat when I got here. She added, taking another bite. She wouldn't really cut your nose off, Briar said. He realized with a feeling of destiny that he would probably buy her a larger breakfast shortly. Just bloodied it a bit. She's fierce, Evie said admiringly. I bet she scared Juva Hoova plenty to make him leave the palace. If he's going to be your teacher, you ought to say his proper name, Briar informed her sternly, thinking of how the Stone Mage might react to being called Juba Huba or call him Master Stone Slicer. I still don't see why you can't teach me, Evie replied, jaw set. We were learning fine yesterday, right? Briar rested his head in his hands. It was going to be a long morning. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. 
Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Puns and pickup lines, man. Those are the best. We gotta we gotta track down some Tamara Pierce pickup lines now. Anyway. Are you a piece of thread? Because I, be. I wanna pick you up. Ah. Easy. Easy. <laughs> I will I will come up with some circle of magic related I feel like there's a good one for Briar that involves tree stealing like like well call me a tree because you just stole my heart Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.